Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Listen, and you'll know. First of all, if you haven't heard this yet, I love this. Rod Arquette on Talk Radio 1059 KNRS. Jim, look at me. I swear to God, boy, win, lose, or draw. Thanks, Joey. For all of it. Son of a bitch. All right? Stop talking. Get in there! And bury him! You know, that is uh, one of my favorite scenes from the movie Cinderella Man. One of my favorite movies, by the way. And uh, if you haven't seen the movie yet, it's about James Braddock. He's a uh, down-and-out fighter during the Depression and how he was able to rise and box for the championship and won it, surprising everybody. Uh, But there is that great scene with uh, Paul Giamatti, who is his trainer, and Russell Crowe, who is James Braddock, in which uh, they're near the end of the fight, and it appears that James uh, Braddock, being played by Russell Crowe, is doing very well and could actually win the fight. And that's when... That's when Giamatti looks at him and says, go get him, bury him. Now, I bring that up. I use that today because I want to start off the show, and this is what I think is going on in this country right now. Even here in the state of Utah, following the rioting yesterday at the Capitol building in Washington, D.C., you know, there are people out there from both sides of the political aisle and in Washington, and even here in the state of Utah, who want to now bury Donald Trump. They, they have never liked this man. They, um, you know, and I've used this over the years, you know, he's, um, he finally got a seat at the cool kids' table because of his hard work, and they've never, never really liked it. And as a result of what happened yesterday, following the the rally in support of him, and the rioting that took place in our Capitol building. People out there now want to bury him. Even John Dougal, who is a really good guy, our state auditor, popular politicians here in the state of Utah, and we've had John on the show several times, posted on his Facebook page, I believe, last night, that Donald Trump and what he did was treasonous and that he should resign. And every politician you hear from today, for the most part, are saying the exact same thing. Kick a guy when he's down. Let's get rid of this guy. Because if we get rid of this guy, we'll get rid of everybody who supports him. That's what they're trying to do today. And let me tell you what, that is not going to unite the country at all. How are you, everybody? Welcome to the Rotter Catch Show. Great to be with you on this Thursday afternoon. A lot to get to today, and uh, we'll spend more time getting more of your calls today on the day after what happened in the nation's capital yesterday following the uh, Trump rally. And, uh, you know, it's just kind of funny to uh, look back and to think about, you know, how many times have you heard over the past several years when we've had a 
tragedy in this country, when we've had an event in the country that has shown how deeply divided we are, and I'm thinking about even going back to when Steve Scalise was shot when he was playing, you know, trying practicing for the uh, congressional softball game, you know, and everybody was saying, well, this isn't right. And remember, that was someone who supported Bernie Sanders who shot at Scalise and injured him, I think, for his life. I don't think he can walk the way he used to because of that shooting. But everyone was saying, you know, you know, we need to come together. And how many, I am so sick and tired of hearing that because nobody is trying to do it. We need to come together. But nobody is trying to do it. I mean, Joe Biden today, who is going to be the next president of the United States here in about 13 days from now, didn't come out with any type of reconciliation today and reach out to Trump supporters and say, hey, let's all work together. You know, we understand, I understand, that the thugs who invaded the Capitol yesterday do not represent most of the people who support Donald Trump. But he couldn't say that today. He couldn't say it. I don't know why he didn't. But he didn't say it today. You want leadership? That's what leadership looks like, Joe Biden. But apparently you haven't got a shred of it in your body. And then you have Nancy Pelosi. And you have Chuck Schumer calling on Vice President Pence and other members of the cabinet for them to get together and invoke the 25th Amendment, which basically says the president is not mentally fit to lead the country, and remove him from office, or they're going to impeach him yet again. I mean, is this an effort to bring the country together? No, this is an effort to kick a guy down when he's down. Now, I don't know if Donald Trump is down. I don't know where his head is right now. You know, I have a few thoughts as to what I'd like to see him to do, but like to, you know, have him do. I don't think he's going to do it, but I would like to see him do it if you want to bring the country together. But, I mean, when you have politicians out there, like they are today, just wanting to bury this guy, that's not going to do anything to heal the country. Now, I want to talk, first of all, here's what, here's what John Dougal said. And John Dougal is a really good guy, and we've had John on the show before. But he posted this on his website yesterday. He said, my duty is to defend the Constitution from all enemies, foreign and domestic, not to defend any specific individual. Trump is seditious and treasonous. He needs to resign or be officially removed from office. Let there be no doubt of my opinion. John, you're wrong. He's only there for another 13 days. Now, there are people who can say, well, you know, in that 13 days, he could do a whole lot of damage. I don't think that's going to happen. I don't think Donald Trump wanted his people to go storm the Capitol yesterday. Yes, he expresses his support for them because they've been behind him every step of the way. But I don't think in any way that Donald Trump condones what happened yesterday. I really don't think that. I think Donald Trump, no matter what you think of him, for the most part, is law-abiding. Now, there are a couple of th- more things, and we'll talk a lot about this today again. Because this is a topic on everybody's mind. Everybody's asking me. I know you're talking among yourselves about all of this. But the if you look at what happened yesterday, and we've had now 24 hours to look back and see, the protest that happened yesterday, in my opinion, is what happens when institutions like the election process, like Congress, like the courts, fail. And I think they failed in every regard here. 
You know, there are a lot of people who say, well, come on, Rod, everybody's saying this election was fair and there was no fraud. You know, a lot of people do not believe that, including myself. I think there are some issues that need to be addressed. So our election process, many people feel, have failed us. Congress, well, that's a joke, but we feel that they have failed us for years. Even we feel the courts have failed us because they wouldn't even bother to take a look at some of these allegations that were being made. So this is what happens, I think, when institutions, a few of which I just named, fail, and people have said they had enough. Now, again, I'm not condoning this violence. This should never have happened. It should never have happened. It was wrong to do anything like this. We have four people dead. One woman who was shot by law enforcement. No explanation has been brought up as to how that happened. Three other people died of health-related issues, probably probably heart attacks around the state capitol or around the uh, nation's capital when this was all going on. But, I mean, if you look at this, you know, well, the totality of vandalism inside the capitol isn't justifiable in any way whatsoever. The protests in the Capitol were both, I think, understandable. I don't think they were justifiable, but I think they were understandable. And if you don't understand that, if you don't try and say, okay, where are these people coming from? Why are they so frustrated? Pay no attention to that and instead jump on this bandwagon to bury Donald Trump, everything that he stands for, and everybody who supports him. That's the problem. That is not going to unify the country. And if you want to unify the country, start listening. Start listening. And we, we need to listen to the other side as well. I get it. None of us are perfect. But let's start listening to each other and listening to the concerns and the fears that all of us have instead of just saying, bury them. Because I think that's what a lot of people are doing today. All right. Uh, we've got a lot to get to today. We are going to get to some of your calls on this a little bit later on in the show. As always, you're invited to be a part of it. 888-570-8010. 888-570-8010. Or on your uh, cell phone, all you do is have to dial pound 250 and simply say, hey, Rod. All right. Let me take a minute right now and talk to you about your wealth with Trajan Wealth. You know, boy, have you seen the stock market? Stock market, again, in new territory today. But you don't want to get caught up in a very volatile stock market. You know, it, it really can be a fool's game to, um, uh, to change your risk tolerance when it comes to uh, the market right now. What's happening could be short-term, could be long-term. We don't know what's going on with the market right now, and it's anybody's guess. So while the market has been volatile again, the U.S. economy continues to be coming back slowly but surely from COVID-19. Now, what do you need to do? Well, you need to find out. You need to work with the experts, people who you can trust to help you navigate the markets right now and possibly your financial future if you're thinking about retirement. That's why I'm talking about the great team at Trajan Wealth. Be proactive. Know you can reach out to your financial advisor at Trajan Wealth anytime with any questions you may have. Set up an appointment today. They've got a brand new office in Draper. Give them a call at 801-899-7600. 801-899-7600 or online at TrajanWealth.com. Advisory services offered through Trajan Wealth LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisor. Here's Abby now with a news update. Thanks, Rod. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. 
This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The Rod Arquette Show here on Utah's Talk Radio, 105.9 KNRS Listen, and you'll know, well, apparently, teachers in the Salt Lake City School District maybe don't want their $1,500 bonus check. I'm not sure what's going on in the Salt Lake City School District, but Speaker of the Utah House, Brad Wilson, will join us, and he'll talk about the uh, school board's decision in Salt Lake City not to start classes for several more weeks, and this is a uh, real issue that Brad Wilson has had with the Salt Lake City School District. And he'll be joining us coming up at 4.35 and, uh, and talk about that as, as well. Now, um, the media, the media, by the way, as you all know, is having a field day right now. Uh, the mainstream media with the rioting that occurred at the Capitol building. Uh, but before it sends into its own, you know, rear thinking, it's the, uh, it, it, it's the moral high ground. You know, you, you need to think and take a step back. So all you need to do is take a step back and look it. Now, we have gone through a summer, a summer of rioting in this country. Some of it continued all year, like in in Portland. I, I don't know if it ever stopped up there. It may have now. But did the media ever go after and really get after that for what we saw and condemn that as well? I'm not sure if they did. And it didn't start. So all of this, really, the anarchy in the streets, did not start yesterday. It's been going on in this country for quite some time. Let's talk about it with our next guest right now. His name is David Creighton. He is the Ottawa Bureau Chief and Correspondent for the Daily Caller, joining us on our Newsmaker Line. David, how are you, and welcome to the show. Well, it's very nice to be here, Rod. David, tell, tell when did this all start? I mean, should we go back to 2016, maybe past that, to get a look at what's been going on in the streets of America, David? Well, I chose 2016 because I, I thought that was a turning point in American politics when an American president was elected. And for four consecutive years, there was something called a resistance that tried to remove him from office. That's, that's completely unprecedented. We, we've had resistance and opposition to presidents, both Democratic and Republican, and going even farther back than that in American history, but it has never been a phenomenon that has occurred for four years where people have considered this president to be illegitimate and someone who needs to be removed either by impeachment or other means. So I think 2016 was a turning point where many Americans began to think they could take their political destiny into their own hands after an election had already occurred. And why didn't anybody on the Democratic side, in your opinion, David, stand up and say, guys, this is not what's going on here. We're going to condemn this. This is not right. Why didn't anybody on the left even try and do that? Or did they, David? I, I, I'm not aware of any concerted effort or even 
anyone save perhaps Senator Joe Manchin out of West Virginia, who was quite, I think, fair with, with President Trump over the last four years. But there was very little attempt, and there were extreme short-sightedness. And this is all this is really about in terms of thinking that what you do to the opposition, to your political opponents, isn't going to come back on you eventually. And, and that's, that's, that's what just happened. And, of course, the lesson I think we have to learn this week is that tit for tat will continue to occur unless we come together and say that we need to go back to the rule of law and the rule of, of good governance. And that has been lacking now for at least four years. And what happened yesterday in Washington was atrocious. But what's been happening in the streets of America in urban centers across the United States for the past eight months is also atrocious. And it's a complete lack of respect, not only for law and order, but even for private property, and in, in, in yesterday's case, historic and public property. Well, I want to ask you about this, David, because I've been thinking about this since it happened yesterday and the way the media has been treating uh, this story that developed yesterday with the rioting there at Capitol. What if, in fact, those Trump supporters or the nut jobs and the, you know, who claim they support the president, those same people who went after the Capitol, instead of going after the Capitol, they would have gone after some stores or businesses and taken some cars and overturned them and set them on fire. How do you think that would be covered today if they hadn't gone to the Capitol? Would it be any different? Well, I think that would have been covered much differently. There's, there's no question that it was being covered in, in a in a very, very negative way, not just because it was, a, it was an atrocious event, mm-hmm. but because they were Trump perceived to be Trump supporters. And they're also going after a public historical facility. Now, I don't know why it's not just as atrocious to be gutting Macy's or looting Macy's mm-hmm. or, or burning down a Wendy's or attacking private property all across the United States. There are mil- hundreds of millions of dollars in damage incurred as a result of Black Lives Matter Antifa protests from Portland to New York City. And people died in the process. And for some reason, that just never seemed to register very much with, with left-wingers in the, in the Democratic Party, which continued to say that these were mostly peaceful protests, when, of course, that was absurd. Uh, and certainly most, mostly peaceful protests couldn't have incurred that kind of uh, property damage or that, that amount of loss of life. David, as you point out, I, 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 didn't, I forgot about this till I read your article about what happened on Inauguration Day for Donald Trump when I think it was, what, 52 members of Congress didn't even bother to show up for the guy. And, I mean, it, was that another indication as to what the next four years would be? Well, that that was certainly a good indication. If if the country could not come together on inauguration day four years ago, I, I find it surprising to hear so many Democrats say the country should be coming together now, four years later, on inauguration day. Once again, if you if you treat your political opponents in that way, you should probably expect they're going to treat you that way back. And that's exactly and that's exactly what happened. I mean, you we cannot come together as a country when fifty two members of, of Congress refuse to attend an inauguration. And four years later, they're insisting that we all embrace uh, Joe Biden as our next president, despite oh, you know, overwhelming evidence that there is something wrong with this election. I don't know. I don't know what the enormity of that wrong was. I don't know exactly what happened. We do know that there's 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 reason to suspect 
something was not quite right, there were irregularities. But to even suggest that, the Democrats were suggesting that somehow it's seditious or treasonous. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. It, it is a classic, a classic case of hypocrisy and, and double-bindedness. Final question, David. Should Donald Trump show up at Biden's inauguration in a couple of weeks? Well, the part of me is tempted to say no, but I, I do believe, I, I do believe for the good of not only the country, but for the Republican Party. After the strain that has been put on the party in the last couple of days, we have seen some of the leading members of that party you know, chastise the president, chastise what happened yesterday, and he needs to, I think, make that display of good, good politics, good governance, and to do that not just for the for the party, but for the country. And I think he needs to do it for himself as well, because he has done some outstanding things in the last four years, and he should not be going out with this bad taste in everybody's mouth. David, great chatting with you. Take care, and thank you. Enjoy the rest of the evening. Thank you so much, Russ. All right, on our Newsmaker line, that's David Creighton. He is the uh, uh, a correspondent with The Daily Caller, talking about the anarchy that we saw yesterday in Washington, it's been going on since 2016 and maybe even before that in this country. All right, more coming up on the Rod Arquette Show. We'll get a news update with Abby coming up next here on Utah's Talk Radio, 105.9 KNRS. We're an iHeart Radio station. Ad paid for by the Senate. Put me on a highway, the interstate, a dirt road to any place. Long as I'm long gone, chasing down some blue skies in my old truck. Rod Arquette Show on Talk Radio 105.9 KNRS. All right, welcome back to the Rod Arquette Show here on Utah's Talk Radio 105.9 KNRS. Listen, you'll know still to come on the show this afternoon, Congressman Chris Stewart will be joining us. Steve Moore, Chief Economist with the uh, Heritage Foundation, also an economic advisor to President Trump, will join us. And we'll talk about the future of the Trump movement. Is it all over as a result of what happened in the nation's capital yesterday? We'll explore that. I want to talk, bring it back to Utah for a little bit and talk about what's going on in the Salt Lake City School District. You know, we have all been concerned about the safety of our children and our teachers during COVID-19. And I think the state and the various school districts have done all they can to get kids back in class because we've certainly have looked at the numbers and see, well, they've done everything they could when it comes to online learning. The numbers just aren't there. I mean, for and for many kids, the numbers really aren't there. They don't have access to all of this. And that's why I'm so perplexed by what's going on in the uh, Salt Lake City School District. They met a couple of nights ago. They uh, decided, they had a very long meeting apparently, they decided they won't reopen junior junior high and high schools until teachers get vaccinated. And that could put the $1,500 bonus they could get in jeopardy. Well, let's find out what's going on with uh, Representative Brad Wilson. He is Speaker of the Utah House. Always great to have Brad on the show. Brad, how are you? Welcome back. Happy New Year to you, Brad. Happy New Year, Rod. It's good to Brad, what is going on with the Salt Lake City School District and the teachers? Well, um, I'm not sure I can actually speak to that, Rod. I'm not <laughs> part of their school board, and I'm not a teacher there. Um, I can tell you what's going on in terms of this uh, stipend that we've agreed to pay to all the educators, not just teachers, but anyone working in the schools. And 
the uh, concept behind this is to pay $1,500 to any teacher and $1,000 to anyone else that's been working in a school that is doing in-person learning. And uh, the reason for that is there's been an incremental and extra work that's been required of that. There's been uh, a lot of extra effort put into not just doing the online piece, but the in-person piece. And most importantly, that's what we've found is best for the kids, um, is to be in the classroom uh, learning and, uh, you know, getting ready for their futures. And and so we do have one district, unfortunately, in the state that at this point uh, isn't uh, teaching in the classroom. The great news is that the elementary school kids in that district, in the Sully District, will be back in the classroom by the end of this month. And hopefully uh, the junior high and high school kids will be as well. But it's really up to that school board whether or not they want to take advantage of the stipend that the state is offering to anyone that's going to have kids in the classroom by February 8th. Brad, what do you think it's going to take to get the junior high and high school kids back in the classroom? What do you think it's going to take? Well, you know, I, I, I can say this. We've got every other district in the state that's found a way to make this work. And it's worked fine uh, in, in most of these schools. And um, th- we've, we've got to take care of these kids. And uh, I, I think that what the Salt Lake District could choose to do if they wanted to was follow the best practices that have been used in every other district uh, for those junior high and high school uh, classrooms and, and, and schools. It's not just, you know, the classrooms. It's the cafeterias and the offices mm-hmm, and the counselors mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. and all that where we need to get these kids taken care of. And so... We are, we're concerned about how far uh, these, some of these students are falling behind. There's somewhere in the neighborhood of 1,500 students, if I'm not mistaken, that the Salt Lake District doesn't even know where they're at right now. Is there any reason to believe, Brad, do you feel, that students and teachers in the Salt Lake City School District are in more danger because of COVID-19 than any other teacher and any other student in the entire state of Utah? Well... I'm not sure I can speak to that totally, but I would say that the conditions generally across the state are pretty consistent. You've got similar class sizes across the state, similar facilities across the state, and um, we we know there are a lot of best practices and things people can do to stay safe, and um, we just think it's really important. And the truth is teachers will start receiving vaccinations next week, uh, we believe, if not then the week after, and the Salt Lake teachers should be in that uh, that category. So they might not have their second vaccine by February 8th, but they would have received their first vaccine by then. And uh, it's just we've got to do it's in the best interest of, of these kids. Brad, do you, you, what we're thinking. Yeah, you took some heat, Brad, for uh, withholding that money <laughs> from the Salt Lake State School District. You're laughing when I say that. Uh, was that criticism unjustified, do you feel? Well, you know what's interesting? I've been up here now for over a decade as a lawmaker, I have never, and I don't judge my success by the number of thank you emails mm-hmm, or mm-hmm. emails telling me I'm doing a bad job, but I have never received more communication thanking me for something really? than I have for this. Wow. I've received, and it's been from the parents of the kids in the Salt Lake School District. I have never seen anywhere close to as many emails and texts and phone calls thanking me for something as I have for this. Did that surprise you, Brad? It caught me completely off guard. Really? Yeah. Really? But, but 
But I, I can't tell you how many teachers, or excuse me, actually some teachers in the Salt Lake District have emailed me and thanked me as well, or not just me, but the legislature. Um, and I'm one of the recipients of that. And again, you know, we didn't do it for that. We did it because we thought it was the right thing to do. But I do think that the sentiment out there is so many of these parents are so concerned about their kids falling behind and they want them in the classroom, let alone the mental health concerns that we have from some of these kids because of the isolation and lack of education they're getting. So it's important. I will say this, though. I have a lot of confidence in the Salt Lake School District. I still think they have time to figure this out. And I really hope that that we get this done by February 8th and those kids are all back in the classroom. And I'm an optimist. Let's hope it happens. I think it can. Yeah. Brad, overall, and I've got some grandkids in school, and they seem to be doing just fine. They were up in the Davis School District, and they seem to be doing just fine. What is your overall assessment around the state, Brad, of how the schools are doing with the kids and the teachers and protecting them from COVID-19? Are we doing a good job? I think all things considered, we've done a good job. There's been a lot of lessons learned. I, you know, one of the frustrations you talk about the Davis district is we've had a number of those high schools and junior highs open and close, open and close. And I think we're figuring that out so we can keep those open all the time. Uh, but, uh, it's, it's going well. I have two children in, in public school right now and, and it's, it's been much better this year than the spring of last year after we closed the schools. Their education's been much better. And I have to give credit to all these great teachers and educators across the state for working their tails off to make that happen. That's why we're spending, it's $120 million for these bonuses or stipends across the state. And we'd love to do more, but uh, we put about $400 million into public education in December when we met. Uh, because we're just so, so grateful for the educators in the state right now. Do do people realize, Brad, what lawmakers have been able to do for education during COVID-19? I'm, I'm not aware of too many other states around the country that have actually put money into education during this pandemic. Yeah, we, we, we actually were the only state in the country that increased education funding uh, last year uh, for public education in the pandemic. And we, uh, just last month, the Executive Appropriations Committee moved to fund all new enrollment, all growth in public education, inflation, and increase uh, education funding by 6%. That's in addition to what we did last year. So uh, it's pretty unprecedented, yeah. and uh, and uh, we, but it's a real priority for us. So we're really grateful for these educators, and uh, they've just been working so hard. Well, Brad, always great chatting with you. I know you've got a couple of busy weeks coming up. If <laughs> already, you've got a session getting underway on the 19th. Brad, as always, great chatting with you. Thank you for joining us tonight. Have a great night, Rod. Thanks. All right. That is uh, Speaker of the Utah House, Brad Wilson, talking about the uh, effort to get Salt Lake City schools to open up and in-person learning for the junior and uh, high school levels. The elementary kids, for the most part, are back there. And if they can, they'll have the opportunity for a $1,500 bonus. More coming up on the Rod Arquette Show and Utah's Talk Radio, 105.9 KNRS. Listen, and you'll know, 2021 is here. Are you going to be selling your home this year? 2020 was an unbelievable year for the housing market, and many of the experts out there are predicting yet another record-setting year. Now, after you make the decision to tell your home, sell your home, the next decision is to reach out to my good friend Justin Udy and Team Real Estate because they will sell your home quickly and get you top dollar for your home. 
You know, Justin has sold more than 1,000 homes up and down the Wasatch Front over the years. Somebody I trust, I've put my name behind him, and you can work with him and his team as well. They're experienced. They know how to stage your home, how to market the home, how to get all the paperwork taken care of. That's what Justin Udy can do for you. As a matter of fact, he is so confident right now in selling your home, he has bettered his guarantee. Now, the guarantee used to be that if he didn't sell your home within 29 days, he wouldn't take a commission on the sale. Well, now he's bettered that guarantee to just 14 days. That's right, 14 days. So what are you waiting for? Check out Justin Udy. He's with the Century 21 Everest Group. He will get you the most money for your home today. How do you get a hold of him? Go online. Send him an email at justinudy.com. That's justinudy.com. And make sure you tell him that Rod Arquette sent you. Here's Abby now with a news update. Thanks, Rod the White. Welcome back to the uh, Rod Arquette Show. I've got a lot more I want to share with you about what happened yesterday. And um, I want you to start, if you would, start thinking about where we go from here. Um, you know, you always hear these messages of of uh, coming together. You know, this is not who we are. We need to come together. Um, and I'm not sure what that means anymore, to be real honest. Would I like to see it happen? Would I like to be able to sit down and have a discussion with people about, you know, our concerns about the future of the country and listen to their concerns about the future of the country? Uh, I still believe it is the greatest country on earth. I wonder if if other Americans believe the same thing or if if they believe we need to tear the whole thing down. Um, I think this country was given to us by God. I believe that. Uh, And um, we can't screw it up. I mean... You know, after, what, centuries uh, being controlled by the elites or, or, or dictators uh, around the world. We, you know, we had a land that was given to us, I believe, and we established the United States of America. But where is America today? And where is it going? There are a lot of questions that I think need to be asked, and I'm going to ask those of you and get your thoughts on this coming up in the uh, 5 o'clock hour, because I really believe that there are a lot of us out there who want to continue to live in a great, great country. But I believe there are a lot of people out there who don't think the direction that the country may be going in, we aren't going to be able to achieve that. That our children and their children and their children will not have the opportunities and success that we've had. And this has been an amazing, well, you know, the 20th century was an amazing century. For America. Uh, And we faced challenges. We became a worldwide leader. Look at the innovation and the innovation that is taking place all around the country today. But we've got this deep divide, you know, and uh, I don't know what what do you want to what you want to call it, how we come together again. I don't know if that is possible. I I still kind of hold out a little hope it is. Um. But until we're willing to say, for someone to say, okay, I'm stepping back. You know, you you could have seen that in Joe Biden today. Joe Biden could have stepped back today and said, you know, what happened yesterday was awful. Um, uh, And Donald Trump, I still think you've got some issues that you should deal with. But we really do need to come together. And he didn't say that today. And for Nancy Pelosi and Schumer and even people here in the state of Utah, 
to call on the President Trump to step down. He's got 13 days left, for crying out loud. What more damage can he do? Is it going to make you feel any better if he does step down? We'll get into all of that. Phone lines will be open to you, 888-570-8010. On your cell phone, dial pound 250 and say, hey, Rod, we'll talk to you coming up next. Attention. We're live, we're local, and everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. How are you, everybody? Welcome back. Hour number two of the Rod Arquette with you on this uh, Thursday, day after uh, historic events in our nation's capital. Uh, and that's what I want to talk to you about tonight. We spent a couple of hours talking yesterday, but uh, I still think a lot of people need to, you know, we all need to process this and see where this is going. I, I honestly, I, I, I do believe that this in some form or another, I don't know if it was a riot like this or something, this was bound to happen. And I have been talking about this. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you Lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. As if you listen enough to the show, that sooner or later, as we continue to push at each other and push at each other, that sooner or later, one side or the other would snap back. And I think we've seen it this year. You know, there are people in this country especially black Americans, who feel they have been pushed, they have been pushed, and they have been pushed. And they snapped back this summer as a result of George Floyd and the killing in Minneapolis. They pushed back. They said, we're, we're done with this. And they went and they rioted in the streets. They ransacked businesses, some cases burning them down. They injured innocent bystanders and they injured police. They set cars on fire. They push back because they believe, and the media, unfortunately, was right along with them because it was all about racial justice, and it was a good cause. Well, what about the cause of having fair elections in this country? Isn't that what happened yesterday? Isn't that what it's really all about, is that the American people want fairness? Okay, if Joe Biden beat Donald Trump, okay. But if he did so fraudulently, we need to understand. Someone needs to explain to us what happened and why. Because I think that's the question. So I think the fight that we're staging in this country now for fair elections and for honest elections is just as important as that fight for racial equality. Both are institutions in this country that we need to uphold. So I want to open up the phones to you tonight because if you think about it, in not in my memory, um, the events of the last 24 hours really have shaken two presidencies. Donald Trump leaving on a sour note. Joe Biden, who a lot of people don't believe is the legitimate president of the United States, coming into office with a huge cloud hanging over him. I believe it is. 74 million Americans don't believe him. 
and he's showing no sign of trying to reconcile with anybody on this side. You have the capital of the United States and the nation itself torn apart yesterday. So you've got some questions to be asked out there. A key question is now, is how far beyond the streets of Washington the country at large reacts to this? I mean, think about that. Will voters on both sides now see compromise or consensus as preferable to the deep divisions? I don't know if they will. I really don't know if they will. And will they see the events of yesterday as further evidence as to how far apart we are and how we disagree with everybody and with each other? All right, let's go to the phones. Let's talk to you about this tonight. 888-5708010. 888-5708010 on your cell phone. Dial pound 250 and say, hey, Rod, back to the phones or let's go to the phones. We begin in Mapleton tonight with Dennis. Dennis, I understand you were in D.C. yesterday. Is that right? Yes, I was. All right, tell us about and it. And I can tell you I I met people from every state in this country, and they were only there for wanting to see the truth, wanting someone to listen to the evidence that Donald Trump and the administration had, had brought up. That's all they wanted. They just wanted to hear it. They wanted someone to listen and then make the decision. Everybody I met, so peaceful, so wonderful, just families, people from every walks of life. I met a man from Belgium that came here as an immigrant and was disgusted with what he saw. I also walked down the streets to the, to the Capitol and watched different people with no, you, you could tell they had no ties to Trump. They didn't, they didn't care. They were only there to agitate. And they would go through the crowds and try to get people riled up. I had them come and talk to me. And they would tell me, you got to run to the lawn. You got to run to the lawn, to the lawn outside. We need more people in the lawn. And I'm thinking, what? Why? Mm-hmm. We're all here mm-hmm. and we're coming in. I mean, <laughs> if I had to guess, there was over a million people there. And when I see these people and these agitators coming through there trying to incite violence, that's when things got out of control. Yeah, sounds like it. Sounds like actually, it. Actually, actually saw people striking flares and throwing them at the police mm. and on the ground. And so we, you know, that, that that's not what we were there for. So we went back, we went and found us a place to have some lunch. And we were no, we were there for an hour maybe. And then these two guys come running up and they wanted to go in the restaurant. And the owner said, no, we're closed. The curfew's starting. I got to get my people home. And these guys were bragging about being inside the Capitol and stole a sign, (laughs) stole the sign off the wall so that they could brag about it. Yeah, and thank you, Dennis, and thank you for sharing your story with us. I mean, there are going to be people like that on both sides. There's nothing, you know, 
don't tag us that every Trump supporter out there, or to be honest, every Biden supporter out there does stuff like this. And that's where elected officials, John Dougal, I hope you're listening, need to step back a little bit and say, wait a minute. You know, not every Trump supporter out there was behind this, and they weren't. There were thugs. I don't know what they were trying to achieve, but that's who they were. Back to the phones we go. Let's go to uh, Toby, who's in Park City tonight here on the Rod Arquette Show. Toby, how are you? Thanks for joining us. Good. How are you this evening? I'm good. Thank you. Good. Hey, one of the things that I think, and just my opinion, that is kind of built up to this that I get frustrated with and I see a lot of others that are more conservative-leaning is it appears like there's this elitist mentality among the senators, the legislators, political leaders, to where they exempt themselves from what they expect the people to do, whether that's health care, whether that's um, litigations. I look back and see, and the frustration thing I get is, you know, from Hillary Clinton to the Bidens, we hear all these things about illegal things that supposedly they've done, yet at time passes and nothing seems to ever change. No one ever seems to be get prosecuted or even be brought to the courts to find out the truth. And I even to second your previous caller is I think that's the frustration is most people just want transparency. They want to know the truth. And when there's allegations of fraud and all of the courts just simply say, well, we're not going to hear it. And all the news media says it's not valid. We're not going to hear it, but the evidence isn't presented. I think that's what generates the frustration where people don't know what else to do besides the protests. Yeah. Well, I'm with you on that, Toby, because I think a lot of the Ameri- a lot of people like yourself, and I believe this as well, and it's very unfortunate that we do have a double standard in this country. There's a standard for the elite and the powerful, and then a standard for the rest of us schmucks. And we get caught up in it, Toby. Now I mean, you to go, go, you a schmuck. But, you know, there is a double standard in this country, and you're right. Like like my, our last caller just said, all the American people want right now, the people who vo- voted for the president, we just want to be heard. We want to lay out our case and have someone explain it to us. And until we get that, I don't think we're going to be satisfied. Let's go to Mark, who's also in Park City tonight. Mark, how are you? Welcome to the Rod Arquette Show. Thanks, Rod. It's, it's Marcus. Um, I, I, I have some tough love for, for us. Uh, all of the speculation of what happened and who did what, that, that's all in the past. This thing is moving at light speed. And what we need to do, Todd Herman brought this up on Russia's show, I believe it was Tuesday, is that the next line of defense against anything that's going to come against the Constitution coming out of the left is our state attorney general, Sean Reyes. We need to back him. We need to let him know that whatever he decides, uh, we are, agree with him on. This is a, a very, very critical situation. The other point I wanted to make, I'm a Messianic Jew, and not only that, but I converted to Mormonism. And we share the religion, and in our name is our two words, latter days. Yeah. It, yeah. It's a tough pill to swallow. It scares a lot of people, but only if you don't know what side you're on. And we need to understand that clearly. 
We do. Thank you, Marcus. Appreciate your phone call. All right, more of your calls coming up. It is the Rudd Arquette Show, 888-570-8010, 888-570-8010, or on your cell phone, all you do is have to dial pound 250 and say, hey, Rod, and we'll get to more of your calls and comments coming up uh, here on Utah's Talk Radio 105.9 KNRS. Listen in, you'll know. All right, let me take a minute right now and talk to you about the wonderful people at Rooftech. Um, did you know, I don't know how many of you own or manage a commercial building. But did you know that if you do, that Rooftech has an entire division of the country, of the company, I should say, that focuses solely on flat roofs, those used on commercial buildings, from large warehouses to industrial buildings or apartments or even houses with lower flat roofs like tar and gravel or metal roofs that are leaking. Rooftech can help you out. And what you'll find impressive about Rooftech is their list of clients. Very well-known list of clients, well-known commercial properties throughout the, insta- the entire state of Utah that they work to take care of. They work with these clients, doing maintenance and repairs on their facilities, whatever the client needs. So why not give them a call today? They're great guys. Give them a call. They'll come out, inspect your roof, service your commercial roof, give you an estimate on the next project. But you have to give them a call. Call Rooftech today. Just dial pound 250 and say Rooftech. That's pound 250 Rooftech or go online at Rooftech.com. Here's Abby now with the news update. Thanks, Rod. It's being... Hey gang, it's the Arquette Show on Utah's Talk Radio, 105.9 KNRS. Listen and you'll know. Phone lines are open up to you tonight at 888-570-8010, 888-570-8010, or on your cell phone, dial pound 250 and say, hey, Rod. Okay, where do we go from here? We saw what happened yesterday. Very unfortunate. Something that should never have happened. Um, the president is being, you know, uh, people want to bury the guy today. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Uh, he's only in office for another 13 days, but people want him to resign or be forced out. I'm not sure what good that is going to achieve. But, you know, we, we you constantly hear when we've had events over the last several years in this country, well, we need to come together. Well, what does that mean? Because nobody's doing it anymore, and I'm not sure what it means. 888-570-8010 on your cell phone, dial pound 250, and say, hey, Rod, let's go to Charlotte, who's in West Jordan tonight on the Rod Arquette Show. Charlotte, how are you? Thanks for joining us. Hi, Rod. I've been listening to your show um, to and from work, and I'm just wondering, uh, you know, how many people legitimately believe that the election was stolen? I mean, um, everything in court has disproved it. Um, the president, you know, his everybody on his side had tampered with the election, starting with the USPS, um, with no consequences. Uh, he literally called the Secretary of State of Georgia and asked to find 12,000 votes. You, I mean, minute, it doesn't wait, get wait, more wait, corrupt wait, than wait, that. Wait a minute, Charlotte. Did you listen to that entire conversation? Or did you? are you just basing what I'm the president... Did you listen to the entire conversation between the president and the Secretary of State in Georgia? Are you basing your thoughts on what you heard in the media, the selective bites that they used in the media? 
Well, I mean, it was an hour-long phone call, so I'm not sure what, what uh, selection you're talking well, about. Well, I, I think if you listen to it, you'd understand the president was probing some legal questions, which I think he had every right to do, don't you? I mean, if, if Joe Biden had done that, would you be critical of Joe Biden? Absolutely. Oh, okay. All right. So do you think Donald Trump is a criminal? Absolutely. Why? I mean, you can say it all you want, but what, what, do you, yeah, what do you base it on, Charlotte? I mean, if you're going to call him a criminal, what has he done that is criminal? I mean, look at his record. He won't release his tax returns. He uh, has well, proven he to, he uh, nobody says he has to, to get information from foreign adversaries. Yeah, and, and I'm you, sorry? Yeah, and you think that, did you, do you think Russia influenced the election in 2016? Absolutely. Really? Even though it's been proven it's not? They didn't? Yeah, the the Senate decided to not convict the president. So uh, I mean, uh, right. now do you do you all think, the proof is there? So okay. do you think Joe Biden is as pure as the driven snow? I'm sorry, cutting out. Yeah, do you think Joe Biden is as pure as the driven snow, and there's nothing in his past that is shady whatsoever? No, I didn't say that at all. Okay. But I'm just wondering how people still think that uh, the the President Trump is still a legitimate president. I mean, he's done everything to um, instill fear in the the people and cause chaos. And uh, Rudy Giuliani called for uh, child by combat. I mean, that is extremely un-American. I mean, you want to talk about getting along? They are inciting violence it, in the open public. I mean, these well, people, the QAnon, the lady who got shot, she lost her life. So, so you think? Hello? Yeah, you think Donald Trump? And people like Rudy Giuliani are responsible for what happened yesterday. Is that fair to say? Ted Cruz, Josh Hawley, absolutely. Really? Really? really. All right. Yes. All right. All right. Yes. Come on, man. Absolutely. Now, now, let, let me ask you, Charlotte, is there, how do we come together? If, if you think we're such bad people, how do we come together? I mean, start with uh, being honest. I mean, you don't have to cheat just to to stay in power. And I mean, the president is obviously only trying to stay in power to avoid uh, prosecution. Really? You think that? Well, all right, Charlie. See, that's the mindset. Mr. Chairman, I think we ought to have this loudmouth removed. (laughs) Let me tell you what. This is where, you, you know, there are people on the left, and they accuse us of not listening or not believing things. Yet they believe Donald Trump is a criminal. They believe Donald Trump is trying to undermine this election just so he can stay in power. That's what they believe. So my question, how do you talk to people like that? Because you're going to change her mind. I'm not going to change Charlotte's mind. And she's probably not going to change mine. She won't. James in Orem tonight. James, how are you? Welcome to the show. Hi, Rod. I'm good. How are you? I'm great. Your thoughts on what's going on, James? Well, um... I, well, I first want to say I don't condone what happened yesterday. I think it was wrong, and I think it's a big step backwards in our, our cause of freedom. But I think I can sympathize with those that were there yesterday. You know, over the last year, I've become an angrier person. I've noticed it because of all the, all the lies that have been spread, the slander of Donald Trump, the slander of his supporters, the lockdowns, everything that we had to cancel being told I have to wear a mask 10 times a day, it it has worn on me. And then not to mention all this voter fraud that we see in clear daylight 
And anytime we try to say anything about it, my peers and, and people, they, they just shoot you down. And the media shoots you down. So I can totally sympathize with those people, but I don't think they were acting in their right mind. And I think a lot of them regret the things that they did yesterday. Yeah, I, well, I, they didn't act in the right mind because a right-minded person would not do some of the stupid things they did yesterday. But I still think, uh, James, I understand. I, I think a lot of Americans are exhausted. And we are fr- what happens when you get tired? Ask yourself this. When you get tired, do you become a little grumpy? And I think the American people are tired. We're tired of being told what to do. And we've been told what to do since, what, March? And we're still being told what to do. And if people like Joe Biden, when he takes over here in 13 days from now, they're going to tell us even more things that we have to do. And I think a lot of people feel we've just lost our freedom. We have, in many cases. Marty is in Clinton tonight. Marty, how are you? Welcome to the show. I'm doing good, Rod. Doing uh, a little better than yesterday. I'm empty is yeah. basically where I'm at. <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> I, uh, I, don't think, I don't think we're going to ever come together unless... Uh, Things regarding like the vote become legit and honest again, and I, you know, I'm sure that's probably has been the case for a long time. But this last election, I think, was a real big punch gut for the conservative uh, base. Yeah, I, I do too. My fear, Marty, and thank you very much for your phone call. My fear is this: that uh, many of us who believe in this great country of ours, who are willing to fight for certain things to protect our families and our communities, what we believe in, because of this vote and the questions that we now have on this vote, uh, we're going to say, screw you, I'm not voting anymore. Nothing's more dangerous than that. Stay engaged. If Donald Trump has done one thing, he has engaged Americans in the political process again. Remember that. So the next time a vote comes up, yeah, I'm not going to do it, nobody cares, doesn't count. Don't think like that. Because the moment we start doing that, the moment this country gets into even deeper trouble than it already is. More of your calls and comments coming up. 888-570-8010. On your cell phone, dial pound 250 and say, hey, Rod, more coming up on the Rod Arquette Show. My master's... Rod Arquette Show on Talk Radio 105.9 KNRS. All right, back. Uh, welcome back to the Rod Arquette Show. Uh, we'll get to more of your calls here in just a second. I'm going to ask you to hang on for a moment. The number to call if you want to be a part of it, 888-570-8010. The conversation, dial pound 250 and say, hey, Rod. But as I mentioned, about 15 minutes ago, the president tweeted out a brand new message to the American people tonight. Here again is President Donald Trump. I would like to begin by addressing the heinous attack on the United States Capitol. Like all Americans, I am outraged by the violence, lawlessness, and mayhem. I immediately deployed the National Guard and federal law enforcement to secure the building and expel the intruders. America is and must always be a nation of law and order. The demonstrators who infiltrated the Capitol have defiled the seat of American democracy. To those who engage in the acts of violence and destruction, you do not represent our country. And to those who broke the law, you will pay. We have just been through an intense election, and emotions are high. But now tempers must be cooled and calm restored. 
We must get on with the business of America. My campaign vigorously pursued every legal avenue to contest the election results. My only goal was to ensure the integrity of the vote. In so doing, I was fighting to defend American democracy. I continue to strongly believe that we must reform our election laws to verify the identity and eligibility of all voters and to ensure faith and confidence in all future elections. Now Congress has certified the results. A new administration will be inaugurated on January 20th. My focus now turns to ensuring a smooth, orderly, and seamless transition of power. This moment calls for healing and reconciliation. 2020 has been a challenging time for our people. A menacing pandemic has upended the lives of our citizens, isolated millions in their homes, damaged our economy, and claimed countless lives. Defeating this pandemic and rebuilding the greatest economy on Earth will require all of us working together. It will require a renewed emphasis on the civic values of patriotism, faith, charity, community, and family. We must revitalize the sacred bonds of love and loyalty that bind us together as one national family. To the citizens of our country, serving as your president has been the honor of my lifetime. And to all of my wonderful supporters, I know you are disappointed, but I also want you to know that our incredible journey is only just beginning. Thank you, God bless you, and God bless America. All right, that was a uh, statement issued just about 15 minutes ago by President Donald Trump, basically saying it is over. The vote has been certified. A new president will be inaugurated 13 days from now. Back to the phones we go. Let's get some of your thoughts on what the president had to say and what your thoughts are 24 hours after we saw him. We witnessed what happened in the Capitol yesterday. Let's go to uh, Sean in Utah County. Sean, how are you? Welcome to the show. I'm good. How are you? I'm great. Thank you, Sean. Thanks for asking. I just want to say I'm probably one of your more liberal listeners. I listen to you every night on my drive home. Thank you. Thank you. I have read, I have, I have read both volumes of the Mueller report. I have read all five volumes of the Senate Intelligence Committee's report. And I have listened to that phone call that was made over the weekend. Mm-hmm. I do not hate Trump supporters. Most of us don't. I disagree with your politics. I disagree with the points of view, but I cannot stand the man that you support and if we, the way that we come together is by bringing facts. We read the facts in Mueller, which said it wasn't his place to charge him with a... Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No crime. It was the Senate's job to charge him with the crime. Russia collusion doesn't have to mean they flipped votes. Russia collusion means they work to upend our system, and we need to protect our, vo- our voting systems against those attacks. Electronic warfare is real. Your points of view are valid up until the point where we start gaslighting and lying, which is what the president has done by promising political retribution for people not doing what he wants, both to the Ukraine and the secretary of state of Georgia. I don't hate anybody. 
I'll listen to anybody's point of view, and I'll come together. And there are things in the Trump administration that I agree with, and I had hoped, even though I've never voted for him and never would, I had always hoped that he would be successful and that we could make some real changes. And watching how he has behaved, how he has shredded the Constitution to benefit him, how he has been obstinate in this election and refusing to concede with dignity. He doesn't have to concede, but it's a time-honored tradition. We can't allow people to break mm-hmm. norms when we are the world's democracy. Sean, That's my problem. Well, well, Sean, let me ask you this. Let me ask you this, Sean, because you raise a, okay. r- a lot of interesting points. But let me go to the point that a lot of people are struggling with this right now, and it is the integrity of the okay. election and what happened. A lot of people still are not satisfied with the answers that they're hearing. They, they, they want to be heard. They want someone to explain what happened here because they don't believe it was a fair, legitimate election, especially in some of these states where all of a sudden things changed overnight. How would you respond to that? Because I have questions about that as well. I agree. I agree, and I work in computer forensics. And the forensics has repeatedly shown there was no changing of votes. There was no issues with memory cards. All the forensic experts have said there's no problems. What they should have done is gone to their state legislatures and demanded this, not broken into the United States Capitol. The cap- as Mitt Romney said last night, or Mike Lee said last night, they have one job. Open the envelopes, yep. count the vote. Yep. Their yep. problems are with the legislature, and they should have gone to their governor and demanded it, and they should have done it in a way that wasn't at the behest of the president calling for action. He incited the riot yesterday. Rudy Giuliani incited the riot yesterday by telling them that we needed to have combat and march to the Capitol. That was not the way to do it. If we have problems with how we run our elections, we go to our legislatures and we talk to our local elected officials. But, Sean, don't you think, don't you think that most people in that crowd yesterday, Sean, realize we aren't, you know, we aren't going to become criminals. We aren't going to riot. We aren't going to do this. There were some people who did. Absolutely. But don't, but don't you think most Americans, Absolutely. most supporters of the president said, now nah, we ain't doing Absolutely. that, Rudy? Absolutely. I get it. And I understand. And a lot of the people have, and a few bad actors on my side, ruined the Black Lives Matter protests by, by torching their cities. Yeah. Right? I mean, we can all agree that the, 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 the means do not justify what happened. All right. Now, right? final question. Yeah, we final, can all agree yeah. that... Final question, because I've got to go mm-hmm. here, Sean. But can the country come uh, together? Yeah. Can, can the country come together? I think we can. I, th- I think we can. I think with the Senate and after what happened yesterday and the mandate that the voters gave for change in both the Georgia special election and the presidential election, Regardless of your politics, there were people on both sides who voted for the president, and there were people on both sides who voted for the new incoming administration. I think we can come together and lower the temperature, because if there is one thing that Donald Trump has done, it has raised the temperature just so that he could keep his name in the news. All right, Sean, thank you. Appreciate your phone call. There's an interesting conversation. I'll get more of your reaction to that. Coming up on the Rod Arquette Show, 888-570-8010, 888-570-8010, or on your cell phone, dial pound 250 and say, hey, Rod, let me take a minute right now and talk to you about my good friends at Any Hour Services. You know, the more I learn about this great country, this great company, I should say, the more impressed I am. Here are a few facts that you may not have known. Any Hour Services, it is a family-owned business servicing the Wasatch Front since 1961. They've been around for a while. Their services include anything that you need when it comes to your electrical needs, 
your plumbing, your heating, your air conditioning, and they service a very wide area from Ogden to Nephi, north and south, and Tooele to Park City, and the Heber City area east and west. They are the largest home services company in Utah. Cindy and I have had them out to our home over the years to deal with many of the issues we've had. Broken air conditioner. We needed a new furnace. We needed a new water softener. And every time we call, they are professional. They will come in. They will examine the issue, the problem. They will come to us and say, okay, here's what we think is happening. Here's what we think is done. And this is how much it's going to cost. And they always wear those cute little blue booties to make sure they don't get any grease on the floor in your home. That's the type of service you get from any hour services. So if you're struggling right now, maybe with a bad furnace because of the cold temperatures, why not give any hour services a call? Again, they have that wide service area from Ogden to Nephi, from Tooele to Park City. Give them a call today and set up an appointment at any hour services. 801-443-7700. 801-443-7700. Here's Abby now with a news update. Thanks, Rob. President... Coming up in, what, just about 15 minutes, Congressman Chris Stewart will join us. He'll talk about the events of yesterday. A little bit later on, Steve Moore will also join us here on the Ron Arquette Show as we get ready to move into hour number three. But before we do that, let's get back to some of your calls tonight as we talk about the events of the last 24 to 36 hours and where this country is going. As a result of that, let's go to Idaho and talk with Brad tonight. Brad, thanks for joining us. Thanks for taking my call. You are welcome. Your thoughts on what's going I, on? Brad? I have a few, a, a few points. Okay, that they want him impeached because he won't be able to run again in 2020. I I don't think that you can get 74 million of people to say that Joe Biden is going to be our next president. Mm -hmm. Now, he's going to be, but I don't think you're going to convince them people that he is rightfully there. He should have did an investigation, but the left is good at covering up everything, just like, and that's my last point, yesterday, yes, it was planned and and there's no way you can convince me that they didn't do that just to silence that wave that was growing and a million people. There, There is no way Biden could get a million people in one place like that. Yeah, so you, you yeah, my, my sense is, Brad, you thought maybe this was the setup. Uh, I'm not sure if I agree with that one. Let's go to Dave and Draper. Dave, how are you? Welcome to the show. Hey, first of all, thanks for taking my call. Second, thank you for everything you do for Utah, and you say it like it is. We appreciate that. Um, and the last caller talked about the impeachment. Is there a way we can impeach uh, those guys from Utah that are in their party like Romney and get those guys out of there? No. To do nothing but uh, stir it up? Yeah. No, there's no. I'm I'm not aware of a way that you can do that, Dave. I, I'm really not. Unless he committed some sort of criminal act, I don't think you could get rid of people. Uh, you know, uh, members of our federal congressional delegation. I don't think he can do that. 
That's too bad. The other thing, uh, you know, there's no way we're all going to come together. Biden can't do it. And listen to the last two callers that you had on there. There's no way. It's not going to happen. All right. All right. Thank you. Let's go to Brian, who's in Woods Cross tonight on the Rod Arquette Show. Brian, how are you? Thanks for joining us, Brian. Hi. Hi. Good. I'm like the last guy. Thanks for all you do and and for your clear voice in the wilderness. for people like Charlotte and the guy that was just on uh, before the break, um, I would ask if you had thousands of people who put their skin in the game and signed affidavits that they saw Trump do something illegal, would you want it investigated? And if uh, the answer came back yes, then I would say, okay, well, thousands of people have put their skin in the game. They've signed affidavits under penalty of perjury and, and felony and all sorts of, of, of jail time saying that they saw irregularities, and there are 75 million people, 69 million of which believe that there were irregularities. Those 69 million are not all just uh, drooling Trump lovers. <laughs> yeah, that's true. We're, there were people who believe that, that an injustice was done, and we would want to have that investigated. I mean, they impeached Trump with one or two people who, signed, who, who, who were second-hand witnesses who uh, put their skin in the game That's and said, we believe that this happened. Yeah. But there, were no, there weren't even any first, first-hand accounts. Yeah, you're right, Brian. Thank you. That's a very good question. I mean, if the same thing was being said about Joe Biden, and Joe Biden uh, was questioning this, would you go along with him? Let's get in another call. Let's go to Dwayne, who's in Ogden tonight. Dwayne, how are you? Thanks for joining us. I'm doing good. Thanks for taking my call, Rod. Okay. You've got a while, about one minute, Dwayne. Go. Hey. Okay, I'll, I'll make it quick. Listen, Charlotte called in a little while ago, and mm-hmm. she was talking about the election fraud and how the cases were disproven and all that stuff, and it's really frustrating that the facts aren't out there and, and the media is just twisting everything. Those cases were not dismissed on merit. They were dismissed on technicality. Every single one of those cases, they weren't heard. And they were dismissed merely because of improper wording or, or just ridiculous standing. things. Yeah, yeah so standing in the court. The merits, right. the, the merits of the case, and, yeah, and, and, and people are saying they were disproven. They were not disproven. They haven't even been heard. I think, I think that people need to hear that every day, that these cases have not even been heard, and the American people are being misled so much by the mainstream media. It's, it's just so disturbing. All right, Dwayne, thank you. You're right. There are a lot of these issues that actually were never heard in court. I'm not sure how many of them, uh, but there were a, a, a lot of them were tossed out simply on technical issues. And none of the arguments were presented, not in all cases. I think there were a few cases where they probably were, but a lot of these arguments never got to the argumentative stage because of a technical issue. And that's another thing that I think bothers a lot of the American people, especially supporters of Donald Trump. All right, another full hour coming your way. Chris Stewart will join us. Steve Moore will join us. We'll also talk about the efforts and the movement of Donald Trump. Is it over? We'll talk about that, so we invite you to stay tuned. Hour number three, on its way. You know what? We're live, we're local, and everywhere with iHeartRadio. How are you, everybody? Welcome back. Hour number three of the Rod Arquette Show on this Thursday. With Utah's Talk Radio 105.9, KNRS listening, you'll know. Don't forget Buck Sexton coming your way in just about an hour from now. We've got another killer hour coming your way. We're going to be talking with 
Utah Congressman Chris Stewart. Steve Moore will join us, chief economist at the uh, Heritage Foundation. He's also a top economic advisor to President Trump. He'll be meeting with President, I understand, next week. A little bit later on, we'll talk with William Jacobson, a well-known professor from Cornell Law School. And he said what happened yesterday could mean the end of the Trump movement. We'll find out what he has to say. And John Daniel Davidson, a correspondent with The Federalist, will talk about GOP lawmakers having every right to ask questions about the validity of the vote back on November 3rd. So, busy hour coming your way, and always great to be with you. Now, we've been talking a lot about this today, but if you aren't aware of this, President-elect Joe Biden today said that the supporters of President Trump, who attacked the Capitol yesterday, were a riotous mob and domestic terrorist. Biden charged the uh, president with inciting a mob to attack the Capitol, which he said was the culmination of four years of unrelenting attacks by the president on the institutions of our democracy. Now, the president being slammed by Democrats today, as well as a number of Republicans, for encouraging supporters at the rally yesterday. And many people are saying the president should either step down, be impeached, or possibly uh, resign and let Mike Pence be there for the next couple of weeks until Joe Biden is inaugurated. Well, a key figure in all of this here in the state of Utah has been our own Congressman Chris Stewart who was one of two Utah members of the congressional delegation who said they were, in fact, going to challenge the electoral vote yesterday. We had a chance to talk with Chris Stewart a short time ago on our Newsmaker line. He's on a plane, so you may hear some of that plane noise in the background getting ready to uh, fly home to uh, Salt Lake City. And I asked Chris, uh, with everything that's been going on in the uh, past 24 hours, what does he make of it? Uh, it's, just, it's just horrible for our country. Continued chaos, continued division. Uh, just continued rage and emotion. I wish, I wish all of us could just take a breath. We can get through the next week before the there's a transition of power. Maybe this is just a time to hold our hold our fire, take a breath, let our country uh, have a chance to uh, to begin begin in any way uh, putting to find the separation between and, uh, and knowing we've got to treat together as a people for that thing. So it's for opportunities to do that rather than more opportunities for us to, you know, enrage each other. Chris, Chris, what do you what do you think the president should do? Should should he address the nation? Should he just remain quiet for a couple of weeks and then step down? What should Donald Trump do? Well, look, I, I think it would be helpful for him to come forward. And, and I think he needs to address what happened yesterday. And I think he needs to condemn uh, in, in a unequivocal way. And, uh, and I think he needs to say what, what I just I'm going to have a transition, a peaceful transition. Vice President Biden will be the next president of the United States. I will support that transition. I will participate in that transition. And, uh, and for, to my followers, we will accept that transition. And uh, to my opponents, uh, uh, we want to try to uh, build our nation together. I mean, that's the kind of thing that our, our country needs to do right now. But uh, honestly, Rod, they need to hear that from everyone, not just from the president. They should hear it from Speaker Pelosi. I mean, why is she looking for this opportunity to continue to divide and enrage people? Are you are you're telling me she doesn't think she can, she really doesn't think she can get through the next week? I just, I just don't get it. I just genuinely don't get it. Chris, um, how did this, in your opinion, Chris, get so carried away yesterday? What do you think happened? Well, you know, I had a unique perspective because I happen to be uh, 
I was moved into a small room off the top of the floor. And because of that, I had a window where I could look out on the, on the crowd. And, uh, and you know, I think some of it was people who came there with the intention of rioting and breaking and creating mayhem. I think some of the people who just got caught up in the riot mentality. I had this interesting experience where I watched, you know, a couple kind of middle-aged, middle-aged guys. They looked like these more normal folks. And uh, in the emotion of this uh, of this crowd, they went and grabbed a, a barricade and started smashing against windows trying to break in. And they couldn't, and I was I was really interesting to watch them as, as I did. They they kind of put the barricade down. They looked at each other, and you can kind of see from the expression on their face. They were like, "Hey, what are we doing?" And they put it down, and they very sheepishly kind of went back into the crowd. And I kept my eyes on them. They went back to their families. They both had wives and children there, and I think that's a great example of sometimes people get carried away by the emotion. They do things they wouldn't normally do, but it's inexcusable. They can't do that. You can't allow yourself to be carried by the emotion of a crowd in a riot who's out to destroy and intimidate and beat up police. It's just, it's just inexcusable to, to get caught up in that. A lot of people are Monday morning quarterbacking all of this, Chris, as you well know. Uh, what about what about uh, Capitol Hill police? Uh, should they have been better yeah. prepared, do you think? Yeah, yeah, we've had this conversation, and it was, you know, we started that conversation, you know, really early in the sense that, uh, you know, they they knew that there was going to be this rally, and they were, look, I'm not, I'm not going to criticize the police officers themselves. Uh, I, I witnessed them, you know, incredible bravery, incredible endurance. They worked incredibly hard for hours and hours and hours. I watched uh, an officer that I know get dragged into the crowd and get cut. I, I, I've seen them, a couple of them, you know, with broken bones. Those guys and those women, those men and women, did everything they could do. But the leadership of the police force and the Capitol Police needs to examine this. It can't happen. It simply can't happen. You had the vice president, the speaker, and the majority leader in the same room at the same time in the same building. And uh, and this happened, I mean, starting with the barricades, for example. There are stronger barricades around the emancipation statue of Abraham Lincoln in on, on Lincoln Park than there were around the Capitol. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's clearly some questions that we've got to ask. Final question, Chris, and I know you're on a plane trying to get home or get wherever you're going, Chris, and I appreciate your time. It appears to me there are some like Nancy Pelosi who simply want to bury Donald Trump right now. But then you constantly hear this call, we all need to come together, we're better than this. How do we come together when you still have people out there who basically want to bury anything Donald Trump has ever stood for? Well, and not only the president, they want to bury anyone who's supporting him. They want to bury anyone who's voted for him. Um, and believe me, I see it, I, and I hear that. This isn't just about the president. This is about everything that he represents, every conservative principle he represents. And that's why I wish I could say that when the president hands uh, over the transition of power to the new president, that this would all go away. But it won't, because they object to this president and he's his president. But they object to the things that he represents, the conservative principles that he represents, and that battle is going to keep going. And Joe Biden today basically didn't offer any effort to try and reconcile whatsoever with them. Did, did he, Chris? I'm sorry, can you say that again, Roger? Actually, cut out on Yeah, I can hear the captain in the background. Joe Biden yeah. came out today, and again, here's Joe Biden with an opportunity to unite the nation, but he continues to call more on, I don't know if you want to call a division or for the president to do something, either step down or be impeached. I mean, that's not doing us any good either, is it? 
No, I kind of come back to this, and, and I just feel so emotional about this. There is not going to be any catastrophe in the next days that destroys our country. So people who are speculating the presence can do something so crazy that we need to move in. That's not There's no evidence at all that that would take place. Take the next week or 10 days to take a breath. Take a little time and let the emotion and the anger settle down. Let's remember that we'll get through this. Let's make it better. Don't make it worse. And some of our leaders are doing everything like they can to agitate, agitate, agitate. On our Newsmaker line, and we apologize for the quality of some of that sound, simply because Chris was on a plane on his way back to uh, Utah, but you got a gist about what he's saying here, and I'm with Chris. I mean, this is not a time to bury Donald Trump, but a time to try and bring the country together, and I don't think Democrats right now are interested in doing that. All right, Steve Moore will join us next, right here on the Rod Arquette Show in Utah's Talk Radio, 105.9 KNRS Listen, and you'll know 2021 well underway. Are you looking for a way to maybe make a little bit extra money this year, change your financial situation just a little bit more. Well, if you want to feel more in control of your finances, to be able to work from home on your own schedule, I suggest you check out making some money with Try Day Trading. With Try Day Trading, you make money regardless of what the day markets are doing, and you trade using their money. Try Day Trading. They're so confident in their program and their training that you make trades using their money. And guess what? You keep up to 80% of the profits. If you're the slightest bit interested, why not take a look at their online tutorial? Try Day Trading is also offering a 30-day trial for just $10. That's right, $10. Fantastic opportunities to see what it feels like to be in control of your financial future. How do you find out? Very easy. Just go to trydaytrading.com. That's trydaytrading.com. Try it out for 30 days for only $10. Discover how easy it is to make money from home with trydaytrading.com. Here's Abby now with the news update. Thanks, Rob. The Rod Arquette Show on Utah's Talk Radio, 105.9 KNRS. Listen, and you'll know. Welcome back. Still to come, we'll talk with uh, Cornell University uh, law professor William Jacobson about where the Trump movement goes from here in light of what happened at the uh, nation's capital yesterday. And also coming up, John Daniel Davidson from The Federalist will join us and talking about that, yes, lawmakers, and we as Americans have a right to know what happened in the election of November 3rd. I mean, there are some irregularities, maybe fraud out there. We have every right to continue to ask these questions. And John will join us and talk about that. All right, a man who knows Donald Trump fairly well is my next guest. Steve Moore, of course, chief economist at the Heritage Foundation and Freedom Works. He has been a top economic advisor to President Trump. We talk to him every week. He's joining us on our Newsmaker line right now. Steve, you've lived in Washington. You've been around that city for a very, very long time. What do you make of the events from yesterday? Well, I was heartbroken by the uh, by the violence and the ra- uh, rioting that happened. And I got to tell you, I had a lot of friends and uh, and uh, neighbors who went out there on the mall who, you know, peacefully protested. Uh, and by the way, there were tens, if not hundreds, of thousands of people on the mall. But but the activity of a few hundred of these crazy people who, uh, you know, crashed into the uh, the Capitol and, and, uh, and engaged in what was really criminal activity. They should be prosecuted. We cannot tolerate that. Uh, I believe in uh, law and order as done. 
Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Does Donald Trump. And so uh, I, I'm worried that this, these, uh, the president's um, remarks yesterday afternoon were just not strong enough in condemning those those uh those riots and my worry is that his incredible economic record over the last four years and his legacy of rebuilding the u.s uh might in terms of our industries i think that could be tarnished and i hope i'm wrong by the events of the last few days you have worked with him you know him quite well steve i mean where where is his head right now do you think well, I haven't talked to the president uh, in, in a number of weeks. Uh, I am supposed to see him uh, late next week. Um, but obviously he's frustrated. He's angry. He believes in his heart that this election was stolen. And by the way, I think there's some pretty good evidence that there was, I'm not going to say that the election was stolen, but there was certainly uh, a lot of uh, irregularities, let's use that mm-hmm, word, in terms mm-hmm. of the voting. And uh, this needs to be investigated. Trump is right. Now, he, he's finally conceded, and that's uh, it's been way too late. I wish he'd done that a number of weeks ago. But the fact is that there were a lot of problems with the mail-in voting. And, you know, we need to make sure we do have these uh, free and fair elections and that people aren't voting, you know, multiple times. Or, you know, we have evidence of thousands of people voting who were dead uh, and that kind of thing. I'm from Chicago. I know a lot of about <laughs> dead people are voting. But that kind of thing cannot persist, and that, that disenfranchises the people, illegal voters. So that's my take on it. Uh, we should have a, a bipartisan commission uh, sometime very soon that, uh, that really investigates what went, well, went wrong in this election. And I'm not so sure Republic, uh, the Democrats even want to know. Yeah, I was going to say that. Did the Democrats even care, Steve, do you think? They won. Why should they care? Well, I have to say this. I mean, I think it's a little rich for Democrats to say, how dare you know Donald Trump question a valid election when, in fact, you know, uh, there are Democrats to this day, you know, four years after Donald Trump's, uh, you know, election that are saying that it was uh, fraudulent and, and that he was illegitimate. And, and, and these were the same people who tried to impeach him on the phony uh, and fraudulent mm-hmm, claim of, mm-hmm. uh, of uh, the uh, uh, Russia, co- uh, you know, uh, the Russia collusion. So, you know, the this is there's a double standard here, just as there's a double standard in terms of Trump not uh, not forcefully enough condemning the violence. I agree. He did not condemn the violence forcefully enough. But what about governors like Cuomo? What about governors in in, uh, in states like Minnesota, and mm-hmm. Wisconsin mm-hmm. and New York that didn't do anything when you had riots in the city? So this. This is a bipartisan problem. Well, I, well, Steve, I want to talk about the the day after. I mean, it appears they not only want to crush Donald Trump, they want to bury this guy. I mean, you know, they're talking about impeachment, the 25th Amendment. Pelosi came out today, said even Joe Biden came out and said some things I didn't think were too smart. I mean, to me, it is a sense that they just want to bury this guy. They hate. There's a hate Trump syndrome out there that is prevalent among Democrats. In fact, I just got off a. a the TV show uh, where, you know, my, the, my debating partner just, you know, uh, not only talked about Trump's behavior in the last few weeks, which I agree has been erratic, but trying to dismiss his entire legacy of amazing 
economic, uh, you know, uh, success. I mean, my goodness, we had the lowest poverty rate, the lowest unemployment rate, the greatest stock market, the biggest wage gains in the history of the United States under Donald Trump. So they cannot, I, I, I will, uh, you know, do everything I can to defend that record. I'm not going to always defend Donald Trump's behavior. I'm troubled by what's happened the last few weeks, but the policies themselves, they sure worked. Speaking of those policies, the economy, uh, what do you make of it right now, Steve? It's like, (laughs) it just can't seem to get over this. It's the stock market is just unbelievable. I have to say, I've been wrong. I I thought the stock market would crash if the Democrats won those Georgia seats. But you know that the stock market just loves the fact that you've got uh, a lot of stimulus spending coming. There's no doubt about that, right? They're going to spend and spend and spend and spend and borrow and borrow and borrow. And my problem with that is maybe that's like a sugar fix. You know, yeah, it made it really feels good, you know, for the first half hour, and then you come down from the sugar <laughs> fix and you get crushed. So I am very worried about the longer term implications. My goodness, we're looking at thirty trillion dollars of debt by the end of this year, and that's trillion, not billion, trillion. Steve, a final question for you: Look ahead to twenty twenty one in the economy. Where do you see things going right now? Well, you know, look, Biden's actually going to be inheriting an economy that's going to be very much on the on the mend. We got nine percent growth in the in the um, in the fourth quarter, according to the Federal Reserve Board, which is really good. On top of thirty three percent growth, we and don't forget, we have the ultimate the ultimate stimulus for the economy. Rod is the vaccine. It is rolling out. We're seeing millions of people getting the vaccine. It's happening a little too slowly for my taste. You know, for my taste. But hopefully, by the end of uh, February. Most Americans will be um, will be uh, vaccinated, and we will be able to move on. What worries me, of course, Rod, is those tax increases, the re-regulation of the economy, the Paris Climate Accord, the things that could really hurt a lot of our industries. Steve Moore, Chief Economist at the Heritage Foundation and at FreedomWorks, and an advisor to President Trump on the economy, joining us on our Newsmaker Line. All right, what happens to the Trump movement Following the events of yesterday and the fact that Donald Trump will not be in the White House here in a couple of weeks, we'll talk about that coming up right here on Utah's Talk Radio, 105.9 KNRS and iHeartRadio station. Liberty Mutually. Rod Arquette Show on Talk Radio 105.9 KNRS. Final half hour of the Rod Arquette Show with you on this uh, Thursday. Don't forget Buck Sexton coming your way at the uh, top of the hour. Abby will be along with another news update here shortly as well. You know, it's often very hard to kind of sit back and understand, I think, the impact the event that took place yesterday will have on the future. That's what my next guest wrote about in a column today. He's William Jacobson, Bill Jacobson. He's a law professor at Cornell University, also um, with the um, website LegalInsurrection.com, and he's joining us on our Newsmaker line right now. Bill, thanks for joining us. Always great chatting with you. Bill, in your column today, you talked about the Trump movement as we know it, and you say it may have ended as a result of what happened yesterday. Where is this all headed right now, in your opinion, Bill? Well, I think this is what a lot of people would refer to as an inflection point, that people cannot pretend that what happened at the Capitol yesterday was just another event, another bad news day for Trump. It was a lot more than that, and people have to recognize that. The Trump movement was actually a coalition. It wasn't just one person, and it wasn't just 
his core set of supporters. It was a wide variety of groups that he was able to unite. And the question that I have and the question I raised is whether the Trump movement, as we knew it, those are the key words, as we knew it, can hold together. And I think there's a lot of doubt whether it can hold together. What's going to have to happen to hold it together? Will it be Donald Trump himself? That's the, the question I get to towards the end of my piece, which is, I don't know whether he can do it at this point, because, again, this is a coalition of his core supporters, and there may be 30 million of them or 40 million of them, of the 75 million who voted for him. But there were millions and tens of millions of people who were not his core supporters, but who supported him and were willing to vote for him. And I think that's where he's going to see a lot of people fall off. So the question I posed was, I don't know whether he can hold together the coalition anymore, and people need to figure out if there's somebody else who can. What did he do, Bill, to bring this coalition together and this Trump army that you see out there with about 74 million people who voted for him back on November 3rd? What did he do to pull this all together? I think he did several things, but the single most important thing is he spoke to a working class which traditionally had not viewed the Republican Party favorable. That's why our presidential candidates, uh, dating back several cycles, had no real chance of winning. Uh, and so what he did is he reached out to those working class, the people whose jobs got shipped overseas, whose factories were shut, and he became their voice. He also reached out to non-white constituencies and wanted to become their voice. While he didn't win a majority of the black or Latino communities, he had record numbers for a Republican. But he also spoke to the traditional conservatives. While we always hear about the never-Trumpers who hated him, there were a lot of traditional conservatives who viewed him standing up for traditional values. Um, as you know, unique a character as he was in his life, he did now speak to those values, and he spoke to protecting the country, and he spoke to... Uh, patriotism. And so he brought all these different groups together who never had been together for under the Republican banner before. And that's the coalition that he created. Well, let's talk about that coalition, because going into the election back in 2016, there were a lot of conservatives out there who didn't know what direction Donald Trump would go. I mean, they didn't know the guy. He didn't have much of a track record, if any at all, other than his TV celebrity. So they really didn't know where he was going. Are you surprised that he was able to speak to those traditional conservative voters? I think what didn't surprise me is that people would support him over Hillary or that people would support him over liberal Democrats. And I think that was where he was able to do it. I mean, he had that phrase, you know, could you do worse? Now, he wasn't talking about conservative values, but could you do any worse? And I think the answer for a lot of people was that with Hillary and the, you know, pro-abortion movement and all of those people backing the Democrat candidates, it's worth a chance. It's worth a, a risk. And so I think people took a risk with him in 2016 and felt rewarded for it. What do you make of the discussion going around today uh, that I know you're hearing, Bill, as, as I am, that, you know, the, the, the riots which took place on Capitol Hill yesterday were awful. We all understand that, right? But people are saying, hey, why wasn't there condemnation of the riots that took place all summer as a result of BLM and what was going on in Antifa? And, you know, is it is it fair to compare the two, or is it an excuse, and we shouldn't even be going in that direction? Well, I think it's fair to compare, but people deal with reality as it exists today. And in December, 
you know, 2020, decisions had to be made about whether you were going to continue to contest the election after all court challenges had failed, or whether you were going to try to do something which was ultimately futile, which is get Mike Pence to hand the election to Donald Trump, which was never going to happen, or the Congress to overrule the electoral votes of states, which was never going to happen. Um, and so the path that was chosen was to continue to fight on a path that was a dead end. The alternative would have been to move forward and continue to build a sort of resistance movement under Donald Trump's banner that the Democrats had against him. And so, yes, all of these things. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's about how bad the riots were over the summer. All of these things are absolutely true and are worth bringing up but they were irrelevant to the decision that had to be made in the middle of December as to which direction things were going to go. Mm-hmm. Would things be different today if the rioters yesterday would have just, hate to say this, turned over a few cars and set them on fire and maybe damaged a few buildings instead of going after the state, the uh, nation's capital? Would things have been different today, do you think, Bill? I, I think they would be. I think that there was significant damage done to the coalition by the final week or two of the fight against the election, the, the call to the Secretary of State in Georgia, the um, fighting with the Republicans in Georgia, which may have cost us those two Senate seats, the decision to berate Mike Pence trying to demand he do something that was contrary to the Constitution. Uh, Mike Pence never had authority to overrule and reject certificates of votes from states. Even the senators who supported overturning those through the legislative process never thought Mike Pence had that power. So I think that what happened is people were whipped into, you know, a frenzy demanding something happen that could not happen, that the Congress essentially hand the election to Trump. That couldn't happen. So I think if the the temperature had been a little lower, if Trump had announced that I uh, recognize that I, the election was stolen for me, but there are no viable paths to oppose it now, and I'm going to devote the next year and two to um, organizing against this illegitimate new administration, and I'm going to organize people for 2022, and maybe I'll even run again in 2024. I'll be, I think, only the second president ever to lose an election and then come back and win. I mean, there's a lot of ways this could have gone. But the way it went was one of total frustration and demanding the Congress do something they could not do. And that's why people attack the Capitol. Bill Jacobson, he is a law professor at Cornell University, also with LegalInsurrection.com, writing an article about where the uh, Donald Trump effort and his allies go as a result of what happened yesterday and the fact that he will no longer be president here in a couple of weeks. More to come on the Rod Arquette Show and Utah's Talk Radio 105.9. KNRS, listen, and you'll know. All right, 2021 is here. You're taking a look. We've been through COVID last year, and hopefully it'll be over fairly soon this year. But we noticed we put on a few pounds, and we want to start taking them off. Well, you want to start the new year off right. 
And how about losing a contractually guaranteed 20 to 50 plus pounds in only 40 days? You can do that with NJ Diet. NJ Diet uses, well, first they use your hair and saliva samples along with your bioenergetic scans to personalize natural solutions and natural supplements where the side effect is you've got it, weight loss. Then NJ Diet uses DNA testing to determine your ideal workout regimen, your diet, and specific needs for your essential vitamins. NJ Diet, it is all natural, no shots, no hormones, no surgery, so you can keep the weight off. Full supervision is provided every step of the way. You even get the doctor's personal email and the phone number. NJ Diet. They now have a location right here in Salt Lake City at the Sugar House Center. Don't want to leave your home? NJ Diet also is available worldwide with live online video consultations. So set up at that appointment today. Call NJ Diet at 855-5NJ-DIET. 855-5NJ-DIET. Or go online to njdiet.com. Thanks, Here's that. Well, I think it was around, uh, by the way, welcome back, final segment of the Rod Arquette around midnight last night when it became official that the uh, electoral vote was certified. Joe Biden winning, what, 306 electoral votes, Donald Trump 232. So Joe Biden will become president of the United States on January 20th. But as a result of that, of course, uh, came after a long and heated debate over the uh, validity of those electoral votes. A number of lawmakers said, wait a minute here, something is wrong, we're going to vote against certification, and we call on a full investigation. That did not happen. But GOP lawmakers, I think, had a point. Americans need to be able to trust their elections. And let's talk about it right now with John Daniel Davidson. He's a senior correspondent at The Federalist. John, thanks for joining us tonight. Uh, John, I think the American people deserve some answers to these many questions. Would you agree? There's nothing wrong with asking the questions that these lawmakers want are asking because we don't have any good answers. And they've identified rightly that we have a problem with our elections. Our, our elections, uh, as we saw, are not secure and they're not trustworthy. And you have to have trustworthy elections in a democracy. Otherwise, people won't accept the results. And that's what we're seeing now. But you have the media out there and a lot of politicians on the left who are saying, look, there is simply no evidence of voter fraud here. It, the questions have been answered. When is enough enough? How would you respond to that? I would say it's not realistic to think that just waving your hands is going to make the problem go away. We know that a lot of problems came up in this last election with rules being changed at the last minute, with mass expansion of mail-in voting, with the rules around mail-in voting being relaxed, uh, with questions about how those votes were counted, uh, hundreds, thousands of affidavits around the country of people saying they saw illegal things taking place at uh, vote-counting locations. Those questions have to be addressed in good faith. And I really think that it's irresponsible for Democrats to not want to care about this stuff just because they won. It's not about who wins. It's about all the elections in the future. It's about people believing and having confidence that when we hold an election, the person who wins uh, is actually going to win. There, there were people out there, John, you're, you're aware of this, who are calling people like Josh Hawley and Ted Cruz and others domestic terrorists for simply asking these questions, John. How do they get away with that? 
Well, we're in an era in this country where words don't mean much anymore. Uh, you know, you, you can call Ted Cruz and Josh Hawley domestic terrorists, and you can call the riot at the Capitol a failed insurrection, as Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell did. Uh, but these words kind of lose their meaning, just in the same way that the media refused to call what were obviously riots this summer riots. Uh, they didn't want to use the word riot because they agreed with the aims of the rioters. It's not that they have a problem with mob storming into a building and smashing windows. It's they have, a, they have a problem when the mob storms into buildings and smashes windows for reasons uh, that they don't agree with. Yeah. <laughs> so we have a problem with hypocrisy. We have a problem with language. But most of all, we have a problem with uh, our civic institutions. There are so many stories out there about election irregularities or fraud. Are, are, are there two that really stand out to you, John, that you say, my, this is, plain, is, is as plain as the nose on your face here? There are two that do stand out. Uh, the large cities like Detroit, Michigan, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, Atlanta, Georgia, all had similar reports of problems with the way mail-in votes were counted, um, that ballots that weren't filled out properly were counted anyway, the GOP poll challengers that were supposed to observe the process weren't allowed in or they weren't allowed significant access. Um, and, it, you know, ballots that came in after the deadline mm-hmm. being counted anyway. And there were many, many reports of this. It almost certainly uh, was the case that election laws were broken. And then you had other reports in states like Nevada and Arizona of illegal electioneering happening, especially on tribal lands where uh, votes, uh, you know, people were given uh, cash cards and electronics and, and other prizes in these raffles in exchange for proof that they voted, which is a violation of federal election law. So we know these things happen, and they happen on a pretty broad scale. Uh, the problem is, you know, it, after the fact, it's hard to say uh, what effect they had on the election. This rush to do mail-in voting as a result of COVID-19, a convenient excuse for these states to do whatever they want to do, do you think, John? I think it was. The Democrats have been pushing for expanded mail-in voting for many years, and this year COVID kind of gave them the perfect excuse. A whole host of states uh, instituted new rules around mail-in voting, including just mailing ballots, not absentee ballot application, but actual ballots to every person on the voter rolls, which is a really reckless thing to do since we all know the voter rolls aren't up to date. So they're just mailing ballots out there, millions of ballots out there that could be collected and harvested by anyone, and then they changed the rules uh, and loosened the requirements for how to count those ballots. So it was a perfect storm that invites uh, voter fraud. It invites corruption. Uh, and uh, and Democrats may think that will help them win elections, but in the long run, it's, it's very, very concerning because it undermines people's confidence in the outcomes of elections. A few years ago, we know Florida, the state of Florida, had some real issues. They decided to go back and do a complete examination of their voting process, have made changes, and many people are pointing to Florida right now saying this is the way it should be done. Will other states do anything like this before 2024? I hope they do, but I'm not confident they will, because back in 2000, Florida was really singled out. There was a spotlight on Florida. The whole country was watching. And really, Florida was embarrassed by how shoddy their election processes were, and they really uh, put in a a good effort to reform those systems. Florida has a really good election system now, even though they have high numbers of mail-in ballots in that state. uh, They have have good processes and good securities in place to make sure that the ballots are counted properly. This time around, the fraud and the problems and the... uh, 
violations of election law were so spread out over so many states that there really isn't the same kind of pressure that there was on Florida in 2000. So I'm not optimistic. I want to ask you one final question. Uh, just your reaction as to what happened at the Capitol as a result of the rally and the election challenge and everything that happened up there at the Capitol. John, what are your thoughts on it? I think riots and mobs are wrong and should always be stopped by force if necessary, and rioters should be arrested and prosecuted. And that's true whether you're storming the U.S. Capitol or you're storming a city hall or you're storming a police station. On our Newsmaker Line, John Daniel Davidson, he's a senior correspondent at The Federalist, talking about the fact that he feels, I think a lot of Americans feel the same way, that GOP lawmakers have a point and Americans need to be able to trust their elections. All right, that does it for us tonight. As we say each and every night, head up, shoulders back. May God bless you and your family and this great, great country of ours. We'll be back tomorrow. Thank God it's Friday tomorrow. Have a good Thursday, everybody. Talk to you tomorrow at 4. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.